Judges chapter 16. And I'm going to read from verse 1. Please pray this prayer after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. <coughs> Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let, let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Say it out. Mean it. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord. I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to read from verse 1. I don't know what God is going to speak. Um, because he told me to go here. And I was waiting on the Lord as to exactly which chapter the, God, the Lord wanted me to. And that's why I kept saying, Judges chapter, Judges chapter. <laughs> and finally the Lord said, here. So we landed here. So we are going to go to chapter 16 and see what the Lord has for us. Judges chapter 16 from verse 1. Now, Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there and went into her. When the Gazites were told, Samson has come here, they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the gate of the city. They were quiet all night, saying, In the morning, when it is daylight, we will kill him. And Samson lay low till midnight. Then he arose at midnight, took hold of the doors of the gate of the city, and the two gateposts pulled them up, bar and all, put them on his shoulders, and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. Afterward, it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorak, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, Entice him and find out where his great strength lies, and by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to afflict him, and every one of us will give you eleven hundred pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me where your great strength lies, and with what you may be bound to afflict you. And Samson said to her, If they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. So the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, and she bound him with them. Now men were laying in wait, staying with her in the room, and she said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he broke the bowstring as a strand of yarn breaks when it touches fire. So the secret of his strength was not known. I'm going to stop right here as the Holy Spirit wants me to, and we're going to go back to verse 1 again, and we're going to read there are a few things that the Spirit of the Lord is going to bring to our hearts today, which are very, very important. These are life lessons that the Holy Spirit wants to drive deep into our hearts, no matter where we are spiritually, no matter how long you've been with God, so to speak, no matter how many years it might have been, doesn't matter. This is very important for every single person, whether you just came to the Lord or whether you never knew the Lord or you backslid or you're walking with God, doesn't matter. This is very important. So please pay close attention to the word of God that God is going to give to you. Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there and went into her. When? 
The Gazites were told, Samson has come here. They surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the gate of the city. They were quiet all night, saying, In the morning, when it's daylight, we will kill him. Now, Samson was a man who was called by God. He was anointed by God. God had given him his spirit. God had given him his power. God had given him a call. God had given him a ministry. We need to understand every child of God who is called of God, if you're saved, then you are called of God. You are given a ministry, an assignment. First assignment is, write this down, it is to keep your own soul. That's your first assignment. When I say your own soul, it includes your body because your body is housing your soul. Your body is a temple of the living God. That's your first assignment. That's your first ministry. Your first ministry or what God is entrusting into your hands first is you. He gives you your soul. He gives you your body. And you are the keeper of your body and your soul besides God keeping you. We can never say, well, God is the keeper of my house. I'm not going to lock my door. Well, God is the keeper of my body. So I can just go out in the cold without wearing a jacket. And I can just, you know, do whatever I want to eat, whatever I know. You'll end up dead. We need to understand. Yes, God is the keeper of our soul. He keeps our body. He, he watches over us. He neither slumbers nor sleeps. All those things are true. But you need to do what you have to do. Be responsible before God and man. God has given us responsibilities. So the first Ministry that God gives to any human being when they come into the fold of God is to tend their own garden, which is their own bodies, their own minds, their own souls, their own being. Take care of your soul. Take care of your body. That's the first thing. Then using that body, using the soul, the assignment that God has given enlargens because you are faithful to God with what God has given to you, which is your body, your mind, your spirit that God has given. So when you're faithful to God and what God has given to you, the ministry that God has given to you, which is to keep yourselves pure, to keep yourselves unspotted from this world, to keep yourselves holy unto the Lord, then there's an expansion that comes in your territory. Now, we must also understand that the God who has given us an assignment and he has given us a responsibility, a ministry, also gives us the power to do it. He never gives us something without giving us the tools for it. He never gives us something without giving us the power for it. So he gives us the tools and he gives us the power for it. We need to understand that when God created man and put him in the Garden of Eden, he not only gave him a job to do, but he gave him a power. He gave him the power to do, to do that job. And he said, I'm giving you the power to subdue whatever you see. So as he's, given the, he's been given the responsibility of tending the garden, he's been given the power also to subdue, to take over, to have dominion over whatever is around. And God has given him the tools what to do. He has given him the hands, how to do. He has given him the mind. He has given what he needs in order to fulfill the job that God had called him to do. Same way. In your life and in my life, the first ministry God has given to me and to you is to take care of my soul, my body, your soul, and your body. That is your job. It is your job. Don't say someone else to do it. It's your job. It is your job. You are responsible for your soul. Besides that, God put you in a church where God makes his shepherds 
to oversee your soul and they stand before God and they watch over your soul. This scripture, I'm not telling some story here. But for every individual, God is giving something. That means he's giving me a job to do. He's giving you a job to do. Your job is to take take care of your soul, take care of your body, be responsible with what God has given your mind, your body, your spirit, your soul, everything. Take care of it. So the first way you take care of it is being in the will of God and doing the will of God. He has given you an assignment, right? If he's given you a job to do with your body, with your soul, with your mind, then you have to do what he wants you to do with the soul that he has given you, with the body he has given you, with the mind he has given you, with the strength he has given you, with the resources he has given you, everything. Put it into flourishing your soul. Put it into flourishing your body to magnify the Lord God, to serve him with your heart, serve him with your mind, serve him with your soul, serve him with everything. Serve him. You are responsible for your body. You are responsible for your soul. Secondly, under that responsibility, God's word says that God places us under the care of the shepherds that God has placed so that they can watch over your soul. So in order for you to take care of yourself, you need to do what God has called you to do. Come under the, the, the shepherds that God has placed who will care for you, who will keep you safe by giving you the right food, by giving you, taking you to green pastures, giving you the water that is still keeping you from wolves, keeping you from wild beasts, keeping you safe. They watch over your soul. The real shepherds do that, not the hirelings. Jesus differentiated between hirelings and real shepherds to keep your soul safe. This is necessary. Being within the boundary that God has set is important. That is why we need Shepherds will watch over our souls. Someone say, oh, I don't need shepherds and, and I don't have to be. I'm my own shepherd. Then they're actually going against the word of God. That's Lucifer at that point, bringing false teaching inside. We have to be very, very careful. Now, Samson was given a job to do. He was given a job to do. And what did he do? His mind was wandering all the time. Even though he had an assignment to do. If someone's mind is wandering all the time, they will misuse the power, they will misuse their time, they will misuse their money, they'll misuse their position, they'll misuse their bodies, they'll misuse their speech, their influence, they'll misuse everything. It is very important to keep your mind pure. Here is a man who was called of God, who was anointed of God, who had a specific assignment, but this man was a weak-minded person. A very weak-minded person. Why? Because his mind was not given over to God. Because it was not given over to God, he's going to the wrong people. He's going where he should not go. He is going into the enemy's territory. And we also see that the enemy is waiting. He's waiting to see, how can I slaughter Samson? Now, Samson is not going to the harlot thinking, that, well, I'm going to go and destroy everybody. I'm on a mission over here. No. He was given an assignment to do, but he was a man who was not mission-minded. He was doing things randomly. A man who was not doing the will of God all the time. Who was in the wrong place. He did not tend to his garden. 
He did not keep his body holy. He did not keep his mind holy. He had no self-control. He was not pure. The appetite that the Lord had given, God-given appetite, was perverted. It was twisted. So as a result, he went wherever his mind led him. The lust of the flesh led him. The lust of the eyes led him. Where did it lead him? It led him to the place of death. If you read Proverbs chapter 5, you will know. The place of harlot, the place of a harlot is the place where the dead end up. How was this man going there? How did he lose his vision? How did he lose everything that God had given to him? How did he begin wandering? He began wandering when he let his mind wander. He let his mind wander and then he let his eyes wander. He let his heart wander. He let his body wander. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. If you let your mind wander, your body will wander. If you let your body wander, then you're going to end up in the wrong place. And you know what will happen when you end up in the wrong place? The enemy will be waiting for you to destroy you. Just because God's grace was there, protecting Samuel, uh, protecting Samson, sorry, doesn't mean that next time when he does it, he's going to be fine. He thought, well, I went here and I was fine. That's how a lot of criminals think. They go and rob a little store and they think, well, I escaped here. Let me go to the next store. Then they think, well, I escaped here. Let me go to the next store until they go somewhere else and suddenly they get caught and they are behind bars. That's how many serial killers do. They stalk women. They say, I killed this person. I killed that person. I killed this. Then they get caught. Your sin shall find you out. This is God's word. And you reap what you sow. So Samson thought, ah, it's fine. Oh, I'm a believer. I'm anointed. And God is with me. Well, this is something that's given that if I'm called, I'm called. And nothing can take that away from me. And so I can go here. I can go there tomorrow. And because it's a given thing, I have it under my control. So when I want, I can overcome. When I want, I can bring this down. When I want, I can carry the gates. When I want, I can pull, pull the pillars down. When I want, I can do these things. Oh, no. Oh, Samson. You forgot that you have received this from God as power cannot be received by anyone unless it has been given by God. No one can have power unless it's received from God. It's received from God means it is not our own. We have received it from somebody. That means it belongs to someone. That means we are accountable for what we have received from God. Samson didn't. Think that way. Many people toy with their bodies after they come to Jesus. Jesus is living in there, but they don't care. Many people toy with their minds and with their bodies after they've received the Holy Spirit with no fear of God whatsoever. But we must understand, just because day one was fine, I did that and you know what? God didn't say anything about this. Well, I went and I sang over here. Well, I went and I did over there. And well, I went and I gave the offering over here. Well, I went and I gave some tracts over here. Well, I went there and I gave testimony. That's fine. Will it be fine? No. 
It's never. The sin shall find you out. Look what happened to him. He went to a harlot and he thought everything is fine and he went out. And the enemy came. And he just went as if nothing ever happened. He was fine. Does it mean that what he did was right? Does it mean that the Spirit of God was not grieved? Does it mean that God was okay with it? Because God has called him to do something and God is just using him, so whatever he does is okay. As long as he accomplishes and he destroys God's enemy, God is going to leave him and he's going to get away with it? No. We cannot do the work of God with unholy hands. We cannot do God's work with unholy hands. We cannot do God's work with unholy bodies, with unholy minds. Now Samson comes out and he does this and then he goes to Delilah. From one has of the dead, he's going to another. That's what will happen. Write this down if you're taking notes. Sin will lead you progressively to deeper depths of hell. That's what sin will do. It's never going to keep you on the same plane. It'll take you on a downward path. If it's a mire, when you step in, sin will take you deeper into the mire where before it was ankle deep, now it's knee deep. Oh, now it's waist deep. Oh, it's shoulder deep. Before you know, you'll be gone. It is so important for you to understand that, oh, I need to be in the will of God. I need to be in the perfect will of God. I cannot go near the mire, period. I should not go near the mire. Be careful with the body that God has given you. Be careful with the mind that God has given you. Be careful with the soul that God has given you. Be careful with everything that God has given you. Oh, you are bought with a price. Know ye not that you are bought with a price and you are not your own. Therefore, glorify God with your body. Glorify Him with your minds. Glorify Him with your body. You belong to God. Glorify Him with your soul. You belong to God. You belong to God. Oh, Samson. What's wrong with you, Samson? Everything was wrong. You know why? Because his focus was not on God. Samson was going for everything. Anything and everything which was unclean. In the sight of God. Oh, so what happened? You can go to the rest of the story and you can read. We're not going to go to the rest of the story. But the Spirit of God wants to encourage you today to go to the rest of the story and read as to what happened. What happened to him? He's going to Delilah, an enemy. He lost his discernment. Where is he going? He's going to the enemy's camp. And she's over there sitting. Who? The agent of the enemy. To do what? To trap Samson and to destroy him. And now the enemies are there. They're telling Delilah, Delilah, ask him. And let's bind him. And what is this man doing like a fool? He became a fool practically there. What is he doing? He's actually taking things for granted and playing games with who? The enemy. Can you play games with the enemy? You cannot. If you play games with the enemy, you will reap the consequence. God's word says, can a man take a fire? Can a man take fire in his bosom and not be burned? Can he take fire in his bosom and not be burned? Is it possible? Impossible. This man lost the vision, lost discernment, and has become a fool. Who? A man 
who received this gift from God. A man who received the call of God. A man who received this special treasure from God has become a fool. If God's spirit is in you, then you are wise. Something has happened here. Something is wrong here. Something is wrong with this picture here. He is becoming presumptuous and he's thinking, oh, I can get away with this. So what happened? The first time he did something and he got away with it. That's how sin will be. You know why? It'll take you down and down and down and down and down and down to the depths until you're fully trapped and then you cannot come out at all. So when you see yourself going down, say, well, I'm going down, but I can pull one leg out. Oh, I'm going down. I can pull another leg out. It's not that bad. Well, let me see how far I can sink. Do not play games when it comes to sin. Samson thought, I can come out and I'll be fine. Well, I was fine. I went here. I contaminated myself. But I went there and I did some ministry. I was able to bring that bar down. I was able to pull that gate down. And, oh, really? You're only digging a deeper pit for you, Samson. What happened here? He tried. And yes, he accomplished what he wanted to. He got away. With God, so to speak, he overcame the enemy, so to speak. Can you be in the camp of the enemy and go against God and overcome the enemy? Is it possible? No. It's just a delusion where a person gets deeper thinking that I'm fine. I can come out. I can hop in the mire and I can hop out the mire and I can go there. Well, nobody's going to see my feet that are dirty. Nobody's going to smell my stink that are there. They don't care. Why? There's a veil that comes over their eyes. God is speaking to our hearts today. When anyone goes into presumptuous sin, there's a veil that will come over their eyes that comes from the enemy. That's the first thing that will happen. Remember, you don't have to lose everything the first time, so to speak. If you lose your vision, you lost everything. It may appear like, well, I was still able to break the strings. I was still able to break this. I was still able to lift this. But you know what? Your discernment is gone. Your vision is gone. Your spiritual eyes are closed. That's it. After that, it's just a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. It was only a matter of time for Samson. I encourage you to read the rest of the chapters. The Spirit of the Lord wants me to stop right here. We're not going to read further, but you go and you read the rest of the chapter. If you want to... Fulfill the call of God that God has over your life. If you want to be everything that God has called you to be. If you want to meet God one day and tell him every day that, yes, Lord, I am tending my garden. I'm multiplying what you've given to me. Look, Lord, my tree is bearing fruit. You should be able to say that. But if you're not able to face God and say that today... Make sure that you set right with God. Make sure whatever disease in the tree is there is gone. Make sure you put whatever medicine, whatever is needed to kill the bugs that are there. 
make sure you do what is necessary to put the fertilizer that is there, that is necessary for the tree. Do whatever you need to do because it is your job. It is your job, not your pastor's job. It is your job. God has given the shepherd to feed you. God has given the shepherd to water you. God has given the shepherd to give. That's like the rain that comes. What you cannot do, God does supernaturally through the shepherds God has placed over you. But as a gardener, you need to take the tools. You need to get the fertilizer. You need to do what you have to do to tend your garden. That is your job. What you cannot do, the Spirit of God will do through your shepherds that God has placed. Very important. You need to be in the meetings. You need to go home, take the notes and read. You need to go to the passage that has been told for you to read. You need to be on your knees, meditate on it, and then work on the application part. Make sure that you're faithfully obeying and doing what God has called you to do through the word that God is giving you. See, when we are faithful to God in what little God has given, then there's a multiplication that takes place. But if we're not faithful to God, then there's a subtraction that will take place a deletion that will happen, and the net result will be zero. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Remember Samson. Remember Samson. The life, the tragic life of Samson is written in the Bible. For every believer to see, read, and not to follow his footsteps. Yes, the grace of God came to him at the end. And look how pathetic he was. Lost both his physical eyes. He lost his vision before the spiritual eyes. He lost long time before. He didn't even know that the spirit of God departed from him. Everything was gone. After everything was gone, he's crying out. Did he regain his physical eyes? No. Was he able to serve God after that? Continued to No. He died like a fool with the rest of the people. Even though God heard his cry, he forgave him. And he had the faith that God will answer him. And he is in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. He cut short his life. He cut short the ministry. He cut short the vision. He did not fulfill everything that God called him to. His life did not end like the prophet Samuel, who was the judge of Israel. His life did not end like prophet Daniel, who was also a judge in Israel. His life did not end like Joseph, who God kept him as his agent in Egypt for Egyptians and for his people, and for the surrounding neighboring countries. When God has a call for you, make sure you do your job. Do your homework. Do what God is calling you to do. Be faithful. When you're faithful in little things, then he will count you worthy. He'll count you dependable. He'll say, you know what? I can actually give more responsibilities. More responsibility means more accountability. More responsibility because he's trusting you. Apostle Paul says this through the Spirit of God. He counted me worthy to give this ministry to me. Who? God. God counted Apostle Paul worthy and entrusted the ministry to him. And why? Apostle Paul kept his body, his mind, his soul pure before the living God. He said... My conscience is void of offense before God and men. That's what Apostle Paul said. He was able to say that boldly. Before God and before man. And God trusted him. He saw him faithful. He saw him faithful with his body. He saw him faithful with his mind. He saw him faithful with everything. 
and he gave God's ministry to him. And Apostle Paul ran the race well. He fought the good fight of faith and he finished. He had a good middle, good beginning, good continuation like Esther spoke on yesterday. And he ended well. Samson's life was not like that. May God help us to live a victorious life and not end as a tragedy or as an example negatively for anyone to look at and say, oh, don't end like this person. You don't want to be like that. But you want to be someone who came back, someone who picked up, someone who knew what it means to turn around, what it means to go back to God. You know, you don't want to wait till it becomes too late. For Samson, it was too late. He lost his call. He lost his vision. He lost the ministry. He lost his life. It was a premature death. Samson's life ended prematurely. That was not in God's calculation at all. May God help us to be wise. May God help us to do the will of God. May God help us to be found faithful. May God help us to be people who are loyal to God. May God help us to be responsible people with the body that God has given to us, with the minds that God has given to us, with the eyes that God has given to us, with the members of the body that God has given to us, to put it to use for His glory. To be responsible for our own soul. That's our first ministry. To be responsible for our own bodies. That's our first ministry. Then it's our family. Always know this. Your first ministry is to yourself. Make sure you're standing. A person who is falling cannot try to make another person stand. If you're wobbly, you can't help your family members. You can't say, well, do what I do, but don't do what I say, but don't do what I'm doing. That's hypocrisy. Many people leave the faith because of seeing hypocrisy in the lives of the family members. However, We need to make sure, you need to make sure that you're standing. You need to make sure that you're standing strong. You need to make sure that your spiritual legs are strong. Your spiritual hands are strong. Your spiritual muscles are strong. That you're eating the right food. That you're putting the right thing. That you're taking care of your soul. That you're filling your mind with God's word. That only what is pure is entering in. That's nothing defiling is entering in. Nothing from the world is going inside. Very important. God said this in his word. Oh, you adulterers and adulteresses, don't you know that the friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever is a friend of the world is an enemy of God. In short, if you act like the world, talk like the world, behave like the world, dress like the world, do whatever the world is doing, you are an enemy of God. Period. There's no confusion. There are no gray areas in God's word. There are no gray areas in the kingdom of God. It's light and darkness. Nothing gray in between. He very clearly says who is on the Lord's side and who is not on the Lord's side. If we want to be God's people, then we have to be on God's side. That our affection should be upon God. We need to set our affections on things above, not on things below. Who should do that? You, 
Don't say, God, somehow help me to set my affections on things above and not on things below. It's good to pray that. We need to pray. And God will help us. However, if you don't do a thing about what you need to do, whether you have to clean up your phone or clean up your computer or clean up your house or clean up your body, whatever it is, what you need to do if you don't do it, your prayer is useless. It means nothing before God. However, if you say, Lord, help me, and then go through everything and see, whatever is not of God should not stay in my body, should not stay on my phone, should not stay in my computer, should not stay in my house, and go through everything and get it out and not bring it back in, then you are doing something here. God can work with you. God will see your first step. It's the first step. And you see that and you say, okay, I can help you here. Then a prayer means something at that point. Otherwise, a prayer means nothing before God. God is speaking to our hearts today. Don't do what Samson did. Don't go where you shouldn't go. Don't sit where you shouldn't sit. I want to finish with Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Don't do these things. God's word doesn't say, well, a person who delights in the Lord, the Lord, night and day, he will be blessed. That's not how it goes. Before he says, do this, he says, don't do this. The Bible is full of, don't do this and do this. How good our God is. How good our God is. It is important for us to know, to take away that which is unholy, to take away that which is bad for our bodies, and then put what is good into our bodies. May God speak to our hearts today. Whatever is unhealthy for your soul, get rid of it. And whatever is healthy for your soul, start doing it. Start taking that in. Whatever is unhealthy for your body, get rid of it. Whatever is healthy for your body, start doing it. What I have to do, I should do. What you have to do, you should do. Don't say, oh, God will do it for me. He will not. God will not. God doesn't come to your dining table every day and eat your food for you and say, well, you're going to live to 100 because my blessing is upon you. No, you do it. You want to be healthy, you eat the right food. You eat junk food, no matter what saint you claim to be, you're going to end up in the hospital and cut your life short. Will you then say, well, it's God's time, I have to go? No, it's not. Same goes for your soul. Don't do that which is unhealthy. And don't say that, well, I think it's God, so God, I prayed and it's not happening and I cried out to God and it's not working and I don't know what to do. You know what to do. Do we have the word of God? Do we have the word of God? Is God alive? Has he been speaking to us? If he's been speaking to us, what are we doing with what he has been speaking to us? Jesus said this. A person who builds his house on the rock, rain will come, storm will come, winds will blow, but this house will stand. A person who builds his house on the sand, rain will come, storm will come, the same thing will happen. But that house will crash with a loud noise. And he said, those who hear these words of mine and they do it, they are the ones who are like the house that is built on the rock. If you want your life to stand, if you want to end well, if you want to have a good middle, if you want to have a good continuation, as we heard from Esther yesterday, 
Be like John the Baptist. Be like John the Baptist. Don't be like Samson. Be like Elijah the prophet. Don't be like Samson. Be like Samuel the prophet. Don't be like Samson. Don't do your own thing. Don't do your own thing. And then say, Lord, I don't know what happened. Where are you? God will say, where are you, by the way? What business do you have in the harlot's house? What business do you have in Delilah's house? What business do you have in the heathen's house? And then we say, Lord, where are you? Why am I going through what I'm going through? God will say, why? Ask yourself that question. Lord, why did I lose my eyes? God will say, why did you lose your eyes, by the way? Those were given as gifts to you. What happened, Samson? You let the heathen take those eyes that I gave you? What happened, Samson? What happened? What happened? What happened? May the Spirit of the Lord speak to our hearts at this hour. Guard your soul with all diligence. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Your heart can become a fountain spring of life, a wealth, a source of life to others, or it can become a source of death. What is your source? What spring do you have on the inside? What do you meditate on? What you put in your heart? What do you hear? That's what is here. From here, it goes here. Out of the abundance of the heart, whatever is inside, flows everything, God says. What you think, what you put in your heart, you begin to meditate on it. You allow it to work. But if you avoid the path of sinners, if you don't do what the ungodly does, if you keep yourself away from the things of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, if you keep yourself unspotted from this world, which God says we should, and he expects us to, then know for sure God will cause you to flourish like a garden that has been watered by the living God himself. And you will bear much fruit. Hallelujah. In every season, you will bear much fruit. Even in drought, you will bear much fruit. Oh, the people of God are called to shine in the midst of darkness. The people of God will shine everywhere, all the time. Why? Because the living water inside of them keeps them alive and keeps others alive through them. Just like how God did for Joseph. In Joseph and through Joseph, in Potiphar's house, in the prison, he kept him alive. The living water inside of him kept him alive and kept everyone that were around. That God kept him as a blessing to them. Alive. Do you want to be like that? Do you want to be like Joseph? Do you want to be like Samuel? Do you want to be like Daniel? Do you want to be like Esther? Do you want to be like Joseph? Do you want to be like Elijah? Do you want to be like Elisha? Do you want to be like Apostle Paul? Do you want to be like Apostle John? Do you want to be like Jesus Christ? Do you want to be like John the Baptist? Do what they did. Very easy. Do what they did. Apostle Paul so beautifully through the Spirit of God says, Copy me as I copy Christ. Copy me as I copy Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Don't copy bad people. 
Don't copy the evildoers. Copy the people of God who are walking with God. When you see bad examples, don't follow them. Don't do what they did. You see the end? Don't do what they did. You see the righteous people who ended well? Do what they did if you want to end that way. Live righteously. Live righteously. Live righteously. May God speak to our hearts at this hour as we close our eyes and look to the Lord. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of Truth who is in our midst. He is doing a work of sanctification at this hour. Thank you, Holy Spirit.